the attack type of aliens, though. I thought they were sort of like, you know, like friendly Nordics. Well, uh, it's not just think as a friendly Nordic either, but, you know. It, <laughs> uh, they're all bad. It's our planet, okay? And yeah. we need to get them all off the hell off our planet. So Okay, well, that's, that's, we'll see. That's a thing, okay? If they're going to invade the, the, the Earth, uh, Sean, I mean, somebody's got to tell them we, we own it. Okay, now whether or not we was here first or somebody else was here, you know, is beside the point. We got it now. I mean, you know, they they are actually illegal aliens from space. Is the way I look at it. Well, let's put it let's put it this way. Um, we share it. Okay, and we'll talk about this in the in the interview. But uh, all my books are about how. Excuse me. Uh. We're in a contested area of space, mm-hmm. and the contested area of space is that this planet is claimed by two major empires, and uh, we will talk about looking at the uh, – let's talk about this. We, we can talk about the NASA logo and the Space Force logo. Mm-hmm. If you look at them, they have, they have very specific clusters of stars on each logo, and we can talk about that if you like, but it's uh, – it's well, funny because when Trump finally formed Space Force, uh, they almost got sued by Paramount or were being sued by Paramount because they were using the Star Trek logo from mm-hmm. Paramount. And then they said, no, Gene Roddenberry got this from the Navy. And it was a, it was an old uh, – the Delta was an actual old uh, naval ensign. And uh, so they got out of it. But it's uh, – anyway, so the sixth, the sixth branch of the military was the Space Force. Mm-hmm. Right, and they don't have a theme song yet because they need a, uh, you know, the Marines have the K songs go rolling along. I think they should just make the Star Wars theme, uh, uh, the actual theme for the Space well, Force. Now, now, see, I, I notice that as far as the Space Force goes, uh, almost every single thing Trump did was backtracked, deleted, undone, except for Space Force. Is that because it has a real value? Well, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk all about that. Look, this is what my books are about. My books are all about, and I'll have the entire series done uh, by October 1st, my birthday. I will have written I will have written six books this year. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when they slit your throat and you can't talk, and you have throat cancer. Uh, and I'll have the entire series. But this, uh, the book I have now, which is the... Uh, let me see. Yeah, okay. My latest book, which is the Sumerian War, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we've, we, you know, before the end of 2010, we'd fought in four, we, we fought two extraterrestrial wars. And if you want to know where trillions of dollars have disappeared to, that's where it went. You know, the Pentagon just doesn't lose, you know, billions of dollars. And uh, when all of the markets collapsed in 2008, on September 9th, oddly enough, 2008, uh, you had $8 trillion. Eight trillion dollars just disappear from the world economy, and I'm telling you where it went. It went to uh, uh, it went to fight the Sumerians or the beings from Aldebaran, and then it went it went to fight the Draco, and mm. uh, who were from Alpha Draconis. And we'll talk about the the mm-hmm. star clusters on the NATO mm-hmm. thing. This here is from uh, these ships are a combination of Palladian and uh, uh, German technology. Mm-hmm. That one was actually built by. BMW Messerschmitt in the in the eighties. I'm sorry, in the uh, uh, back in the thirties, and that's what one of my books is about the uh, 
the real Diamond Diaries is all about how you have these four psychic women mm-hmm. who uh, um, channeling uh, the Sumer were responsible for uh, you know the greatest mystery of the 20th century, which is how the hell do the Germans go from uh, basically biplanes and uh, uh, Messerschmitts to having spaceflight within 20 years? Mm-hmm. And how do we get it? Because mm-hmm. it's a nation of the German technology and the and by the way, the next big propaganda drop is going to be the 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 Oppenheimer movie. Uh, Chris Nolan. I mean, his 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 first one was Dunkirk because the Germans let those people escape, and then Hitler tried to come to a peace deal with the uh, with the English and the Americans to have them help him attack Stalin, and of course it didn't work out that way. The Japanese jumped the gun, and, you know, and mm-hmm. had Hitler wait three more years, they would have won the war. And we've monkeyed with time a couple of different ways. We tried to kill Hitler like three times. And, and every, every time we did it, the Germans went up winning the war. So we left history the way it was. So, so that's we, all so That's we, all for there. Okay, well, so, well Sean, is it, is it true that Nazis are in the center of the earth right now? Uh, no. I would say... Uh, Where are they I at? Would, I would say they're in Antarctica. I mean, they have a huge okay. base in Antarctica. Okay. There's other stuff in the center of the earth that doesn't like us, and uh, I could explain all about that, and it was proven by the Chinese. Um, you know, there's huge belts. I mean, I, how much of this do you want to record and, and get on a recording now, or you just tell me? Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're live right now. Okay. Oh, we're live. All right. Um, okay, so let's talk about that. So in 1989, there were stories reported in uh, Newsweek and Time and the New York Times, that the, the Chinese were doing uh, massive underground nuclear testing. And when they did this, they were taking uh, sonic readings, radar, if you will, of the Earth. And and the Tibetans have talked about this forever, mm-hmm. and they've talked about how there are two uh, gigantic subcontinents underneath the Himalayas and underneath the Gomi Desert, uh, which were called Agartha Major, and Agartha Minor. And some said this was where Shambhala was and whatever else. And uh, uh, so they proved it, that it was there, that the Tibetans were right. And what the Tibetans have been saying that forever is that there are uh, um, a race of giants and also a race of saurians, a race of, of reptilians, mm-hmm. that live in these pockets, these bubbles, if you will, these, uh, these nests underground. Mm-hmm. And some of them are benevolent, wise, and vegetarians. And the other ones are not that they call the the real reptilians that uh, that work actively with the Illuminati and you know P three Masons and and the the Council of Twelve and uh, can actually uh, camouflage, take on human form, take over the bodies of human beings, and uh, uh, there's an entire uh, chapter in the latest book in uh, gotta get these backgrounds up there so I can actually show you. Uh, there we go. Um, copy invite link. Uh, video. Select. Uh, okay, I got to get this right. Um, all the, okay, there we go. So in the current book, let me see, which is this one right now. There we go. Okay. Uh, uh, this is Sansa Time Book Seven. Now I've written seven books in the series so far. I'm finished with eight and nine. I just got to get them out there and published. And this one is called The Sumerian War. 
and it's basically how we went to war with a race of beings called the Ilijim, who were responsible for setting up setting up the Babylonian Empire, setting up the economic system of the Babylon Empire, which we're still being enslaved by today. Everything that you can see as far as interest banking goes was all set up by the Babylonians. Second empire was Rome. The third empire they tried to set up was the Third Reich. And uh, it had to do with... Uh, um, Anyway, so the, the real reptilians are the ones that have kind of a proboscis that can they squirt this liquid in your face, and it uh, it basically eats out your mind, your brain, and then they can kind of take control of you and work you like a puppet, which uh, explains a lot of our government. So don't it though? So so, 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 so Daniel Ott, thank you, wonderful hat, thank you for the stats, and thank you for being the cosmic cowboy. And, and uh, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. I've been a big fan of your show, so thank you for having me. Well, sure. I'm glad to have you on, Sean. Um, in a rough percentage, what percentage of our government do you think are reptilian shapeshifters? Okay. Now, people have to realize, and I'm going to curse one time on this, that I'm not, a, I'm not a bullshit go, guy. Go ahead, damn it. Um, I have... <laughs> I... Have, uh, I I was one of the founders of the Sci-Fi Channel. I was one of the founders of uh, of UPN uh, CW. Uh, I was, uh, um, if you've heard of Area 51, it's because of me. If you've heard of Chupacabras, it's because of me. If you've heard of uh, the Phoenix Lights, was not a national story until I got a hold of it on the hard copy. So I've been paid by Strange Universe and hard copy and Paramount uh, to investigate a lot of this stuff and get paid to do it. And, uh, this was not my field of expertise. Matter of fact, I got hired to uh, uh, to direct and produce a UFO documentary back in 1990 called UFO Contactees. And we had a budget of about $350,000, which was a big budget. And we uh, we went all around the world. We went to France. We went to Billy Myers Farm in Switzerland. went up and down Italy. We were in the fields on the Salisbury Plain uh, around Stonehenge when the modern crop circle phenomenon began. When it was just big circles before they, about 93, 94, they started turning into messages and glyphs and prophecy, uh, which many people said were the Octurians, who were 10th dimensional energy beings, et cetera, et cetera. And I have to explain a little bit about the Sands of Time series. Okay. Sure. Uh, when I was working for Geraldo Rivera, we had a show which was called Now It Can Be Told. And in 1991, I had actually found a – there's the first book, by the way, right behind you. Thank you for running these. Um, we have a big special on it now. Uh, $10 off the book. It's $25, which is basically what it cost us to print it. So the people can get this book and join the adventure because it's kind of the beginning of the Sands of Time adventure. Um, I had a guy approach me. And by the way, I was I was behind the uh, uh, the alien autopsy. I was behind the wow. alien interview. I was behind the uh, 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 finding the hilltop that looked down on Area 51 and filming it for the first time. So I was one of the I was one of the only people on the planet that had worked there that could tell you what it looked like. And I would test the veracity of people who claimed they worked there by saying, "Okay, uh, tell me what it looks like." And we had a guy who was a, a super soldier, who six uh, four, gold eyes, big scar across his face. Saw this guy do amazing physical things. I mean, on the beach, he could run the 100-yard dash in like nine seconds. And uh, uh, he could jump 
to the top of a lifeguard stand, you know, in one leap. I mean, 20 feet in the air, this guy. And uh, I love those videos you have behind you. And uh, he came out, claimed that he was an assassin. Codenamed Ghost Walker, and then he had 61 kills. And that now he was dying of Hodgkin's disease. And he had a bunch of information that he wanted to release. And he wanted to release it to Geraldo, but he wanted to get paid. Like $250,000 to release this information. So he said, if I give you this stuff, uh, you'll be hunted, you'll be probably jailed, you'll be probably killed, I mean, your life is going to be over. And I said, I don't care, as long as, the, uh, as long as the information gets out there to people. So we took him out to Vegas. We ran around a circle. We, uh, you know, we had a big security team ready to escort him to the East Coast, and he basically just disappeared. And we never saw him again. But there were people watching this and uh, who said, okay, all right, he's willing to uh, – he's a reporter and investigator who's willing to go the extra mile, who's willing to tell the truth to people no matter what. And some years later, in uh, 2010, I got a call from a very scary bunch of lawyers <laughs> uh, in Century City. And, and literally, they took the ABC yeah. Entertainment Complex. I'm not kidding. I'm not being crude when I say this. Yeah. And it turned into what is called the butthole building in Whoa. Century City. And it looks like a butthole. I mean, literally, they did this whole thing. So it's got a big hole in the middle of the building, which is where all these attorneys are, and uh, which I think is hilarious. And they brought me up there. And they made me sign a stack of military-grade non-disclosure agreements. I mean, literally where they said, we can take you out, make you a target of opportunity, put, a, put a, uh, a, a bullet in your head. If you reveal certain things about working personnel or the name of the man who was giving you this. And after I signed all these papers, this Lorraine lady gave me a stack of diaries, a leather-bound diaries about this big, mm -hmm. and said, good luck, have fun. She said, just don't use his name. And I was like, okay. And I'm looking through these, trying to figure out. Now, I come from the world of screenwriting. I sold my first screenplay at Buck Rogers when I was still in college. Wow. Uh, I, I sold a, a, a TV series to Regine Rodberry, who's a good friend of mine. And uh, this all came from my dad, who was the vice president of TRW. And that was back in the days when TRW, and I have two godfathers walked on the moon. Mm -hmm. Uh I'm convinced my mom was having an affair with Gus Grissom because that's what broke, you know, when he died, that's what broke up my parents' marriage. Wow. And, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. So, <laughs> you know, we, I had astronauts. I had Mercury, Gemini, Apollo astronauts around the house. They'd come over to the pool and go swimming. And sure. We'd all sit around and watch I Dream of Genie, and these guys just laugh at Tony Nelson. Wow. And uh, so this is what became the Sands of Time series. It's, it is, it's been called the best book series since Influence James, James Bond. Uh, I've been compared to Isaac Asimov, Frank Herbert, uh, Ray Bradbury, who were all childhood heroes of mine. Read all of it when I was a kid. And uh, it is the single-handed greatest drop of black world, black ops, mm -hmm. secret government information. And to give you an idea, wow. you have people out there like uh, Luis Alessandro, right. who've now renamed UFOs because they've backed themselves in a corner with people laughing at UFOs. Where they renamed them, renamed them UAPs, right? Or you know, yeah, unidentified about? aerial phenomenon, like it makes a big deal. Because these guys have painted themselves into a corner. Because now they want to admit to a lot of stuff. But they had a twenty-two million dollar budget at the Pentagon, which supposedly investigated UFOs. It wasn't doing any such thing. What it was doing was it was this side of the government was trying to figure out what that side of the government was doing. 
And to give an idea, when they had the commandant of Nellis before the Congress, before Harry Reid, ask him why they confiscated 89,000 acres of public land in Nevada to expand the borders of, of Area 51. Um, Harry Reid said, well, what the hell's going on there? Don't you need all this land? Right, right, right. right. And the commandant said, I don't know. I don't have clearance to go there. <laughs> the president of the United States has a Q8 clearance, which is why it's interesting because this whole QAnon thing, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a above-top-secret clearance is the Q. And he says, uh, the president has like a Q8. And you need, like, Q-16 just to set foot on the base. And it's not part of the United States. It's literally have, executive orders have been signed that mm -hmm. you step there. That, that's why they call it the dark side of the moon. Mm. And uh, also why many people believe that actual real film, film footage uh, that was later fictionalized into the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind uh, actually took place out at Area 51 or 5-1 or, or, or Grim Lake, as it's called. So that's where these books came from. That's where all these books come from there, from the from the journals of Ted Humphrey, and it's me novelizing them, so they're not just you know boring diaries, but something that's readable, and ultimately something that I hope we can turn into a TV series yeah. and into a, a series of movies. So that's that is where the Sands of Time book comes from, because Ted Humphrey was my main character, uh, who started contacting me and calling me, and giving me information because I had I had a conduit at the time because I, I I basically convinced Art Bell to go the metaphysical route. And uh nice. Art realized his ratings just went crazy whenever he had me on. And his exact words were I want to know everybody and everything that you know. So I handed him my Rolodex and I basically produced the show for years, uh providing with guests. And we built that program into the number one late night show, number three overall. There he is. Hey good old Art God bless him. There you go. Um, and, uh, you know, the number three behind Dr. Laura and, and, uh, Rush Limbaugh, but number one late nights. And we had 27 million listeners all kind of being programmed before they, before they went to bed. And that's not to take any way, anything away from art. He was a brilliant radio host and an interviewer. Um, but I was the one that was providing with all the guests because we were calling him on a phone out in front of a little alien of all things, which is on the edge of area 51. Mm -hmm. And I finally said, art. Get off your ass. Go outside. Get out of your trailer. Look up. There's something <laughs> coming your way. And he saw kind of a gigantic triangular ship that was just blocking out the stars behind it. And that's when he said, I want to know everything you know. And he went from literally 5,000 people in the middle of the night in downtown Las Vegas to this global phenomenon that he eventually, uh, that he eventually became to be hmm. uh, through the coast-to-coast -coast format that I kind of put together for him. So Nice. Well, that's where that's all comes from. Well, I'll tell you what, yep. uh, Sean, hey, we've got uh, the viewers watching the program have questions, so we'll go through a few of those hey, real quick. Ah, that's great. Thank you so much. What is, what is, wait, should I put my – I'm going to show you. Should I yeah, I would, do the, I would do the glasses here for, for the, the Q&A, man. I mean, that's the ultimate right there. Wait a minute. I think I, I think I got your friend here in my background here. All right. Yeah. Um, this is from Doreen, 89, or Doreen B. 8951. It says, Marshall Masters is saying Nibiru will be visible in 2024. What do you think? Complete nonsense. Okay. Sorry. Complete nonsense. Nibiru is out there. Uh, uh, we learned about it actually from the, uh, from the, uh, the Maya. And if you look at the, uh, if you look at Chichen Itza, this is one of the things you learn from Ancient Aliens, another show that I produced like the first three seasons of. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> the Mexicans, Mexicans are from outer space. That's uh, that's what they teach you. They not only from outer space, 
but they wear UFOs on their heads. <laughs> Just saying. And uh, if you look at Chichen Itza, uh, outside of Mexico City, not Chichen, yeah, uh, uh, I'm sorry, TNT Wakan, uh, in Mexico City, you have the center part of it represents the, the belt of Orion. And then you have a series of temples that are a direct landscape of the uh, of the of the solar system, uh, where they have you know you got Mercury, you got Venus, you have Earth, you have you have Mars, you have the asteroid belt. It actually describes a planet in the position where the asteroid belt is, and it goes all the way out to uh, uh, Nibiru, I guess you could call it, way out there, just way 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 out there. And uh, some people have also said that it's uh, described it as Nemesis, that uh, that our sun is a binary star, and that there's a, a dark brown dwarf that's out there. However, uh, the planet Jupiter is actually a failed star, and it mm. gives off four times more energy than it takes in, which is one of the reasons why uh, uh, Arthur C. Clarke, when he wrote uh, 2010 Odyssey 2, had the uh, his aliens with the uh, the cosmic uh, uh, dollar bills or whatever the monoliths uh, uh, turn Jupiter into a into a sun, mm-hmm. so that they could develop uh, life on Io or whatever. But no, it, it, look, I've been I've been debating the tenth planet people since two thousand three. <laughs> who's who's winning that debate? I well, me obviously because nothing they said was right. But this came from a woman who claims to channel gray aliens, Zeta Reticulans, Nancy Leader. Uh, right. She says she's never been wrong about anything, even though she mm-hmm. ch- changes all of her predictions, you know, to make sure that she's never wrong. Yeah. Fortunately, we have something called the internet where it's written in ink, and you can check, you know, all the nonsense mm-hmm. that she says. And they've been mm-hmm. saying uh, that this planet has been coming at us. Matter of fact, they got caught. I caught them because they were showing a planet that they said, "Oh, here's the exhaust pipe that's coming off it, and it shows it proves that it's on its way to us." And I showed everybody there's nothing more than than Io which is one of the moons of Jupiter. And what they said was an exhaust pipe was, was basically a volcano. And they said, if you remember March, March 3rd of 2003, they said it was going to come and we'd all be destroyed. And I had to get up and say, no, please don't be idiots. Uh, It's not true. And I tried to point out that one of the most populous forms of astronomy um, is cometology is, you know, I mean, we had a 14 year old kid in Japan who discovered uh, Hayakataki. We had two amateurs named Hale and Bob who uh, you know, discovered the Hale-Bob comet. And there's a whole big conspiracy about that comet, and uh, which is connected to the Phoenix Lights, which is connected to um, uh, Courtney Brown, them trying to smear Art Bell, and, uh, um, and the death of the people at Heaven's Gate. There's an entire conspiracy around that, which is uh, which someday we will go in. I'm trying to find somebody. It happened a long time ago that wants to go into a deep dive because I'm the first person to do national stories on the Phoenix Lights. It was not mentioned at all. You had a 22-mile-across UFO park itself in the, in, the, in the approach corridor for the Sky Harbor International Airport in Phoenix. And nobody was saying anything about it. Matter of fact, only Francis Barwood was on the city council brought it up and said, you know, I'm getting thousands of phone calls from people. Don't you think we should investigate this? And you just hear crickets in the background. Mm-hmm. Until I came along, and actually the Phoenix Lights returned in uh, January of 98. And I got the hard copy people to say, look, let me go out there and investigate it. And they literally said, well, we don't want to pay for you to, you know, this one Southwest was flying out there for 48 bucks. We don't want to pay for a plane ticket. 
And I said, if I cover the Phoenix Lights and I cover Sedona, Arizona and the weird stuff there, and on the way back, if I cover the Hawaiian Tropic Bikini Girls getting hypnotized by an NLP weirdo, then he claims he can sleep with them. Will you give me the story? And they said, sure. If you can come back with three stories, we'll give it to you. And uh, we did a six-minute story on the Phoenix Lights, first national story ever done. And uh, we gave it to a girl named Allison Holloway, who was married to a friend of ours. And she turned it into a, an hour TV special for UPN, mm -hmm. uh, which is called Danger in Our Skies was the name of the, uh, the show. All right, let me get to another question real quick. This is from uh, Anonymous. By the way, Anonymous129, uh, you can change your name. Uh, it says, Do, did they lie to us and say we won the war against the Nazis when we really lost it? Did we really no. lose to the Nazis? No, we beat them. I mean, we own Germany now. Germany doesn't have its own government. Okay. Uh, Germany has a student council, basically, that has to ask our permission to do everything. We, they, they can't do anything without the permission of the U.S. Well, military. You, well, well, Sean, you know my last name is Ott, and so that's got a German heritage there from Otto. So I'm going to speak – I can speak I can speak some German, uh, and you ready for it? Okay. How'd that sound? You need a smaller mustache to do that. <laughs> and black? Yeah, exactly. Well, so this, you'll love this book. Okay. Because this is the personal diaries. It's right behind you now. Yeah. The per it's you, you'll notice it's got the black sun on the right. on the front. Right. And it's got the symbol for the real force power in the center, which they believe to be the the uh, gravity, basically the the uh, uh, the ultimate force in the universe. So these five women who came from Zagreb who were led by a woman named Sigrid and Maria Orsic, who was kind of Hitler's squeeze for a while, uh, were channeling um, the spirit of a man by the name of, uh, of uh, Dietrich Eckert, mm -hmm. who was the spiritual mentor. All of his ideas eventually became Mein Kampf, mm -hmm. which was basically written by Rudolf Hess, but, you know, Hitler was kind of raving through it. Yeah. And... Um, uh, so it's written by, I mean, this is the actual diary of, of Baron Wilhelm Fritz Ritter von Spotnik. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is personal diary of him being kind of a lover of Sigrun and these five women who then, Dietrich Eckert, went away. And they said another force is coming through, and they began to channel the Sumer. Mm. And the Sumer claimed they created Babylon, that they've been here about 500 million years, that they come and go from this planet periodically. Uh, that they're from the star Aldebaran, which is in the constellation of the Hyades, which is the face of Taurus. Mm -hmm. It's the big red uh, uh, star. And that, uh, and they began giving Sigrun technical information because she started writing down. Uh, 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 she started writing down technical information in Sumerian. And the head of the Thule Society, who believed in the inner Earth and the you know the blonde giants in the inner Earth, he brought in a bunch of these scientists. And they started building flying saucers so that they could achieve Ramflugen. And by the way, just so you know, uh, I'm about two or three weeks away from having the First Sense Time book uh, translated into German for the German market. Uh, well, we've had a well, translation. Let's, let's, let's clear something up here. Yeah. What's with the two naked women? What's going on there? Oh, because the, the Vrildamen, who were the, uh, who were the women, they would channel naked. Hmm. And they, they would take off all their clothes. They wore their hair. Um, uh, ankle length, and that was part of the ceremony. They would take off their clothes. Their hair was like psychic tendrils, and Hitler dug it, man. This was this is all the the Vrildamen diaries, which which women love. 
mm-hmm. because it shows the power of the real sex force. It shows the power of uh, uh, the inner workings of the Nazi party. Um, and these well, women basically tricked the Nazis into giving them the money to build a ship that could hold you know, a, a, a several hundred people. And they took seven trips to Aldebaran, and uh, they left behind uh, Wilhelm Schumann and uh, Heinrich Himmler, who were, were waiting well, I, to get on. I don't, I don't know where the where the picture is taking those women, but it must be cold in there, wherever it was. All right, so let's uh, get to another question. It says, "I had encounters with aliens. A reptilian wanted me to jump through a portal he made. Would you know the reason for that?" Well, it's how you bounce from one one place to another. It's how you uh. Um, there's portals all over Southern California, as an example. Um, for example, uh, if you go out to Catalina, to a town called Avalon, uh, there's a whole series of portals inside the big round building called the uh, called the casino. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, because all of these places were actually Lemurian temple sites back when this is was Lemuria, and there was a valley. 17,000 years ago, between here and there, already you've got parts of Southern California sliding into the ocean. Good. Uh, we just had a, you know, good. <laughs> we just had a, uh, you know, a collapse of all these buildings in uh, Rolling Hills, hmm. and uh, which where I grew up, actually, Rolling Hills Estates. And uh, well, it should clean the feces off the streets of San Francisco. Uh, yeah, I mean, San Francisco just needs to be flushed. I mean, again, if 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 God doesn't do something to Los Angeles and San Francisco, then he's, he owes Sodom and Gomorrah one hell of an apology. <laughs> so, uh, um, so the real dominant, uh, again, they tricked the Nazis into giving them money to buy this ship so that they could, they sent out a big telegram, uh, March 11th of 1945 saying no one is staying here. We are all going home. And they took in, in seven trips, they took 1700 German scientists. They were the ones that disappeared. And the rest of them uh, uh, were split up at Pina Monday mm-hmm. with uh, Werner von Braun, who came to the United States with his guys. Excuse me. And the rest of them went to Russia, and they uh, they dragged us into the uh, the 20th century. Which is from our moderator Jade, who's running our chat right now. Hi, Jay. Uh, thank you for addressing her. Uh, can you tell us about the Vril Society? The Vril Society were an, off, were an offshoot of the Vril Daman, and they were uh, the, the Vril women, the Vril Daman, mm-hmm. in, uh, when they were actually working. And it's all in here, by the way. Everything that you're asking me is in this book. It's the diary, as I said, of Baron Fritz, as he later called, mm-hmm. and Sigrund, and his his sexual relationship with, with one of them, and how they were teaching women to access not only their psychic power, but also access the sexual energy of the Vril Force, which was magnificently powerful. And uh, people need to understand that they, they studied... Okay, I lived in a monastery in Nepal okay. uh, for about a year at the foot of Mount Everest, which is called Tangmache. And it was a Karmakegu black hat monastery. And we studied what was called the Vajra, or the lightning bolt, which was kind of the, the first light in the universe. But we had a group of nuns that lived about 60 miles away, and they would come visit about every three months or so. And uh, these nuns studied the darkness or the void, uh, which is the eternal part of the universe. It's the part that's, that's that has no beginning and no end, really. But it's the female power. And when you understand that the ultimate power of women is the fact that they are magnetic. They are blue. They, they pull... 
energy into them. We find them attractive, as opposed to men, which represent the male god force. You know, so women are magnetic, men are electrically repulsive, I guess you could say. Um, which is why it's so much fun to look at women and not so much fun to look at men. So uh, um, <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> yeah, so, so they had this power, and the power was the ability to harness that magnetic drive. I, I mean, one of the nuns did this to me once. I'll just tell you an embarrassing story where I, I said something stupid because I was stupid. And uh, she just raised her eyebrow and you know gave me this raging erection. Because it was like she just she just said no you want to you want to feel the force really here you go you know have a dose of that and uh, that's the kind of thing that they could do so the real the real society which they don't really know kind of what they're talking about uh, you know studies this power which is by the way the symbol which I have in the book on the center uh, there was just this is super cool as I was writing the book this crop circle appeared. And that crop circle is the symbol of the black sun, the invisible sun, mm-hmm. that represents the light year across black hole at the at the center of our galaxy. Wow. Now, in order to travel in saucers, UFOs, what have you, um, or through time, really, you need a, a, a what's called a, a, a ZTG, which is a zero-time generator, which has to then basically mimic the zero time point because if you're at the exact center of the galaxy, there's no time, no space. The whole thing is rotating kind of like this. But you have to mimic that in order to jump from place to place, especially from... uh, uh, Remember, if you're going from where we are at the outer rim of the fourth arm of the Milky Way galaxy, Mm -hmm. you're jumping outwards or inwards, you're also instantaneously traveling through time where time runs differently. So, for example, if you jump to the outer rim of the galaxy, you could spend a, um, you know, you could spend 18 years, 20 years out there, and then come back to Earth, and it would be less than a year later, because time would travel differently. When as, as you go out to the edge, time travels much faster than you would to the beginning. It's very much like taking two tennis balls and putting them in a bicycle wheel and spinning the wheel. Uh, though on the outside, obviously, it goes much faster. As anybody knows, it tries to run around somebody on a bend, uh, you know, in a foot race or a horse race or what have you. So the Vril Dhammans study this this force in the universe, which in essence is, I guess, uh, the Bible talks about how, how the God force binds the universe together. Uh, I think it's in the book of Job. And even in the book of Job, he talks about how, you know, that the Lord hangs the earth upon nothing. And uh, that mm-hmm. that force is gravity. It's what keeps everything together. There's, you know, I mean, there's how does an atom actually maintain its integrity and not just, you know, fly off into the universe? It's 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 the gravity force. And once you harness gravity, which is what we figured out how to do in the you know 50s and 60s or so, once you understand what gravity is, and this is the big thing about Area 51. And I went out there and I said, I don't care. If there's aliens out there. They have technology. That will change mankind, and they're not giving it to us. Right. And so, yeah, there you go. So um, I have one of those signs, by the way. I, I stole <laughs> it wasn't that sign, but I stole one of the signs off the fence at Area 51. That shows you how crazy I am. And um, uh, mm-hmm. and so when you understand not what gravity does, that's Newtonian physics or Einsteinian physics is all what gravity does, but what it is, and then you could create gravity as a wave like you can create microwaves or gamma rays or what have you, 
then you can create Einstein, Rosen, Bridges. That's what they were doing when they were testing the ships out of 5-1. And remember, they were testing them on the public side of the valley, right over our heads, while we're standing on the freeway on Highway 375. And, uh, um, and why? They have a military reservation that is three times the size of Switzerland. And yet they're testing them over our heads. And the reason they did this is because they did not want to fly too high. Because if they did, then they would come up on the radar. And then they'd have to explain what they were doing to the guys at Nellis. Because the guys at Nellis didn't know what they were doing. And every time the Nellis guys would see something over, over 5-1, uh, they'd have to report it and say something about it. Hence the comment on Nellis saying, I don't know what goes on there. I can't. I've never set foot there. I don't know what's happening. They did eventually give Harry Reid uh, a tour. And I think they fed him some uh, pine-scented Kool-Aid. <laughs> and he was like, oh, it's all fine. You guys can do whatever you want. So, um, and what you what you will see happen, and we have this on film and video, and look, we were taking pictures of these things. We were showing video of it. The media refused to show any of it. And, you know, I personally was being mocked by people like Stuart Brown at, uh, uh, at Popular Science and Popular Mechanics magazine. Where they were just saying, oh, these guys are idiots and it's just, uh, you know, it's just advanced technology, you know, because they were talking about the stealth bomber, which is still going on at 5-1, by the way. Most of the stuff was actually happening at S-4, which is about 30 miles away. Uh, and Area 51 was only interesting when they moved the, the nine flying saucers or discs in there, built them a facility uh, at S-4 into the side of the mountain, which had nine hangars and five levels going down. And they tested them until about 92 and then they got so much heat because of the uh, uh, the Dean Devlin movie. Because I took Dean up to the top of the hill, and Dean came up with the whole idea for Independence Day by saying, "So, if we got invaded from another planet, this place would be our last line of defense." And I said, "Yeah, basically." And that's why we came up with the whole idea for Independence Day. And uh, so he and I have been friends for you know quite some time, and uh, uh, which is true. But they do ramjets, scramjets, plutonium pulse drives. Uh, obviously, the stealth bomber, uh, you know, the YF-22, you know, all kinds of experimental ships craft. But what you would see is you would see the saucers, like, skipping around. And then on film, it would just blink out here and just reappear on the other part of the sky. Because what they would do is they would – there's three gravity amplifiers at the bottom of, of each one of the ships. And when you turn them into delta mode – uh, it basically reaches through dimensional time space, grabs over there, then bends it, creates an Einstein-Rosen bridge, so that there comes around the ship. Then they turn it off, and so it just boof reappears, uh, uh, you know, over there, you know, uh, some uh, within we timed it within a twentieth of a second, and that's what oh is that from oh that's from Independence Day of interest. Take a look at that since you've got that great video on the screen, the Independence Day video. That ship is exactly, from Independence Day, what appeared over Phoenix. Round on the front, two big fins on the back, looking like a huge Omega. And the rest of the ships were triangles, which I think is interesting because Arizona was founded by Ulysses S. Grant in 1912 on the 33rd level parallel. And uh, the postal code for Arizona is AZ, Alpha Omega, beginning and end. And, uh, you know, I think it was, it's designed to be, uh, yeah, I think that was over Russia. That's over Moscow. And, uh, uh, it was, it was designed to be kind of a city where people could flee, uh, should the Edgar Casey 
earthquake scenario occur, you know, Phoenix become a port city and, you know, L.A. goes into the uh, goes into the ocean, which is not going to happen now because that whole timeline has been basically blown out of the water. And the the reason it has been is because we described in my books this massive drop of information uh, took them on. We basically, you know, we we kicked the ass of the of the Draconians and the uh, and the Sumerians. (laughs) All right. Who let, 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 let me, right. Uh, Sean, let me break in. Let me get another question here because we always try to include our audience. Uh, this, this is from Smoke C. It says, Sean, how does God fit into the theories of aliens in space? There was no mention of God creating aliens anywhere in the Bible, which implies they are, they are separate. No, it's all through the Bible. Not only is it – you guys are stupid. Um, it's all through the Bible. Look, I, you know, who do you think the Lord of hosts is? Who do you think the mountain of God is? Who do you think, uh, you know, was the pillar of fire uh, by night and the, you know, smoke by day? Uh, the entire Bible, if you look at Ezekiel, if you look at Moses, if you look at, is basically uh, that whomever was here. And, and by the way, if you look at, you're just don't don't be ignorant. That question's ignorant. If you look at the uh, Genesis. And it talks about the Elohim. The Elohim means those. It means those from the sky. It's a, a group of gods, and they create the earth in seven eras. It doesn't say days. It's eras. And man is created on the sixth day or sixth era, and then suddenly they're not happy with man. And at the beginning of Genesis two, you now have well, let's make man in our image. Well, what happened to the chopped liver people? You know, the man that was created at the end of Genesis one. Which I think, by the way, are the Bigfoot and the Sasquatch, that those are the original men, and that they were, you know, huge and hairy, and they have the ability to travel interdimensionally from one place to another, and then they create. God creates Adam and Eve. By the way, not Adam and Steve, as the Democrats want you to believe. <laughs> um, and so, okay. and they put and they create human, which you can spell H-U-E, which is uh, the light of God. With the Elohim, which means those who come from the sky. It's a group entity. And then all throughout the Old Testament, you will find that they put a race here, originally called the Hyksos, that eventually becomes known as the Israelites. And that race is taken care of throughout the Old Testament. Matter of fact, there were there were uh, um, Assyrians that were surrounding. There were 250,000 Assyrians that were surrounding the city of Israel. And they were going to come in and kill everybody and rape everybody. And and uh, uh, they sent an ambassador down to say, look, if you give up now, uh, we'll just, you know, we, we'll just kill the men. We'll take off the women, you know, whatever else. And this is where the famous verse in the Bible comes because Isaiah is reporting really all the things that are going on uh, while people are laughing at the uh, at, at these guys. And it's where the verse came from, uh, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Yea, will help you. Yea, will strengthen thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And uh, the next day, the Spirit of God came out of the sky and murdered 250,000 Assyrians. So when they took roll call, how many dead? 250,000. And they ran away. So you have, and, and they tell us also, there's a guarantee in the Bible that tells us that we will eventually settle in the constellations of Cancer and Aquarius. And let me also point out, and this is where I want to get into the NASA logo, the NASA logo and the Space Force logo. Um, We're in a contested area of space. We have Saurians, or reptilians, who went underground 65 million years ago and were assisted in their evolution by the Alphaconians, or the Red Dragon Empire, 
uh, whose homeworld is a star called Thuban, which used to be the North Star, uh, which did align with the downward passage of the, the Great Pyramid of Giza. Now, if you look at the NASA logo, there are three distinct uh, constellations on the logo. The okay. one at the top is, of course, Orion, which is actually part of the Reptilian Empire. The grays, as you know them, actually come from the uh, the three stars that kind of hang down as the scabbard or the penis of Orion. Whoa. The one the one on the left-hand side, constellation on the left-hand side, is Alpha Draconis. The one on the right-hand side is the Pleiades, which, of which we are in the middle between the reptiles went underground. They bifurcated into two series of thought, if you will. There's the benevolent ones that are still in contact with the Chinese and the Tibetans. They became vegetarians. They're perfectly happy, you know, being peaceful and being wise. Okay. Okay. Good. And you have, not, you have the not so nice ones. You have what they call the real reptilians, and they're the ones who still eat people. Uh, they're the ones who hunt us. Uh, they're probably the reason why you have so many people disappear in our national parks, like four hundred thousand people each year. But they're also the ones that are that are doing business with the uh, with the Illuminati, with the Illuminati. And we have part of what I describe in the book is uh, uh, Ted Humphrey, and this, this came as a shock to me when I'm reading it, but they have an embassy at the center of the Pentagon. And if you go to the Pentagon, there's an eight-sided octagon at the middle of the Pentagon that has a bird on top of it that you would think would be an eagle, but it's mm -hmm. not. It's actually an owl, Ooh. which shows, ah. you know, mm -hmm. and of course that's the symbol of the Milani as well. But there's an elevator that goes down, 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 deep, 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 deep. And we've actually set up a, an embassy, uh, you know, for the uh, reptilians. So we actually have diplomatic relations with them, you know, the good ones, I would think. Whereas the dark ones are, you know, not only making people rich, like the Dohenies and the Rockefellers, whatever, because you'll notice that all of their wealth comes from underground, comes from oil, gold, diamonds, jewels, what have you. And uh, they're the ones that, that uh, can practice camouflage. Remember, they have brains that are every bit as good as ours and the size of ours, but they've been using them for about 65 million years years longer than we have hmm. and they can actually kind of hollow out a human being and kind of use them as a puppet and these illuminati people who worship these reptilian gods you know it's a big honor for them to give their children over to the reptilians and allow the reptilians to take them over which again explains this and again i was talking to one of the top guys in government that i did an interview with and i actually asked the question uh, are aliens working with the government and his exact words were, young man, that's not the question you should be asking. You should be asking whether aliens are the government, which scared me to death. He said, why do you think the Navy has all these bases and deserts in the middle of nowhere? Okay, so now let's go to the Space Force logo. The Space Force logo, the bright star you see at the top, that's Aldebaran. That's the bright red giant in the eye of Taurus. And... Uh, um, and that's the, those are the those are the Sumerians. Those are the ones that set up Babylon. They set up Rome, and they came here to try to set up the Third Reich again for another thousand years. And they failed because you know we we basically said, okay, you want to mess with us, and we came up with a with a way to destroy their entire area of space, the whole void of space that they live in. We basically just, we, we killed like billions of them. And uh, if you look at the if you look at the left hand side over there. Uh, that's Alpha Draconis, and the constellation on the right there is the Pleiades. So, which, by the way, is also the symbol for uh, the Japanese car company Subaru. 
And uh, just like Mazda is their version of the Mighty Thor, is their version of uh, uh, their Thunder God. And so um, if you look at the, at the last book of the Old Testament, which is, I'm sorry, the New Testament, which is Revelation, there's a war in space, a war in heaven. And it's versus mm-hmm. the Archangel Michael and the hosts of heaven. Who do you, where do you think they come from? Uh, who fight the great red dragon. And the dragon uh, wounds Michael. And Michael manages to toss that dragon to the ground uh, here on Earth, where they then set up a big fence kind of around Earth so that they can't get out. We can't, you know, we can't get out and nothing else can get in. And kind of tough luck. We're on our own. I mean, this is this is also the things that people like Al Bielik, who claims that he went to the future, mm-hmm. year 2139, uh, you know, aboard the USS Eldridge in 1943. By the way, the anniversary of that's coming up, another 20-year cycle anniversary. It's going to be 80 years on, uh, I think, August uh, August 14th, I think it was, of, uh, of this year, of 2023. Which also coincides with a, a, a biorhythmic low point of the Earth, which means we'll be involved in some kind of war, some kind of economic collapse. Something bad is really going to happen by August. Mm. Mm. Are, um, we, are we going to get involved with a war with these aliens? We already have. We already kicked them. That's the reason your future and your timeline are different, is we've already beaten them. Mm. So now, uh, the, the, you know, the great depopulation of 8 billion people on this planet by the way, eight million plus people uh, had mothers, uh, mm. you know, born of women. Uh, how many? How many actually were born of men? That would be zero. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wow. Even though the Democrats want to tell you different. Okay. So, um, uh, not a birthing person. No, exactly. Okay. So it's a, now they're even saying that uh, you know women's vaginas should be called extra holes. So uh, you know that should be the scientific term apparently. So. That's why I wrote the, wrote these books, and why I've dedicated myself to them to this drop of information. I've spent about 15 years with, it, with this information, uh, you know, finally coming to an end. And uh, when I finished the whole series with uh, the Sumerian War, and then of course the uh, the last two, which are you know the Draco War, uh, part one and two. But everything that I'm describing is basically the scientific version from the inside of uh, you know this is the reason why. Uh, the Pentagon spends anywhere between uh, 40 to 60 percent of the federal budget every year. Why the Pentagon budget is 750 billion plus dollars? Why it's more than uh, why it's more than the than the budgets of all 50 states combined? They need an excuse to spend this stuff. And just now, what's going to come out? And you'll hear about this. What's going to come out is that th- we're going to back the Ukraine war as long as we can turn that into a- an Afghanistan. Vietnam scenario. That's that's, that looks like that's going to happen. Yeah, where we want it to last. The Pentagon said this: we want this war to last 16 years. We want it to be just a a constant drain. And the reason you've got people like Janet Yellen over there handing them checks for 10 billion dollars is because Putin went in with his Spetsnaz teams. He took out the uh, some 40 uh, uh, biological weapons facilities, (laughs) which they were saying was a conspiracy theory and everything else. And then Victoria Newland. Who was responsible for the destruction of you know of Iraq and well I'm sorry the destruction of Ukraine and taking out their their legitimate government and you know replacing and putting in Zelensky that little troll. Mm. Uh, um, so 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 what yeah, so what you're yeah, saying is, what what you're saying is this is not Janet Ye- uh, Yellen. No, I didn't say that. I just said she went over there. She, and that, I'm the picture in this book. That's not her. 
No, no, she's dead. Okay. I, Just check. Has, I, I didn't know. She looks like other than three Stooges with that haircut that she has. So, uh, well, you, by the you, well, you mentioned I, you mentioned Ukraine. Let me get this question from Doreen B eighty nine fifty one. Are they I, fight? Are they fi- fighting aliens in Ukraine? Uh, no, they're just amazingly evil. I mean, it's it's that, that entire area. Uh, let me give you a little Ukrainian history. It used to be called the Pale, uh, and it was called Kazaria originally. And uh, that is where, okay, so Jesus yells at the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And as you'll remember, he says, you are not of your father. Mm-hmm. You of your father, Satan, the devil. You are, you thou nest of vipers, thou whited sepulcher. And uh, after the death of Christ, where did they go? Because you had two invasions of Jerusalem. You had the invasion in, uh, in uh, 66, uh, which then, of course, led to Masada uh, some years later. And then you had the, uh, uh, finally, the Messiah that everybody was expecting to show up didn't happen until 141 A.D. with a guy by the name of Rabbi Kokba. And Kokba kicks out the Romans, establishes a uh, uh, Judaic monarchy, rules Jerusalem as king, fulfills all their dopey prophecies, and, uh, and the, the Romans just went, ah, you know, screw this, we're tired of you. And they come in and they crush everything and they take and Hadrian takes down the temple. Uh, not a stone is upon a stone. He turns the whole place into literally a sewage plant, and uh, you know so that all the sewage of Jerusalem goes through the temple just to you know really mess with them. And where did those rabbis go? When you know, the entire Sanhedrin and, and uh, the Sanhedrin and the uh, uh, the Pharisees, they went to Kazaria. They went to what we now call you know Hungary, Poland, Eastern Europe, uh, Yiddish. Is is a, a form of uh, Hebrew, or it's actually a form of German, actually. So, um, uh, and they converted in the eighth century to Judaism because they were going to be they were right between Christian Russia and Christian Europe and Islam. So they converted because all of these these rabbis and Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, they all knew finance, they all knew the Babylonian banking system, and so they taught it to them. And Kazaria became single-handedly the most evil place on earth. They were, you know, they were robbing people, they were enslaving people, they were, uh, it's horrible. And it remains that, you know, to, to this day. And if you'll notice, why does every single Democratic leader have a kid that's involved with uh, uh, Ukrainian oil? I mean, you know, yeah. John Kerry, Hunter Biden. Yeah, right, and they're, all, and they're all going over there. Yeah, of course, because because now uh, they're concerned because, because Putin basically took out the databases and all the banks and they're they're using taxpayer money to replace the money that they've lost and the reason putin went in is because they were uh, uh you know they were weaponizing various viruses uh to use against the uh uh to use against the russians as were the chinese by the way uh there was a there was a paper written in 2001 that was called a project for an american 21st century and in this paper it, it almost started a war with the chinese because it called for it, it basically said by 2025, we're going to come to a tipping point where the population of just China is going to take all the resources of food of the United States, and that we were going to need uh, an entire new planet just to service the Chinese population. So what we needed to do was come up with a series of viruses that were DNA viruses that were genetically specific that would kill Asians. And come up with basically an Asian plague. The Chinese literally almost went to war with us over this thing. So what they did is they got a hold of the COVID viruses, which were designed, again, the SARS virus, 
designed to kill Asiatics, and uh, which was all an extension of, of various programs the Japanese were doing, stuff we were working on to drop viruses on Japan. Because until we got the German scientists, we were feeling dismally with developing an atomic bomb. Until the Germans came over and said, yeah, here's how you do it. Um, and uh, uh, they and Fauci were weaponizing COVID so that, it would, so that it, it would attack whites, Caucasians, Europeans. And then, of course, uh, got loose and they unleashed it on the world. But that was right after uh, it killed 22 million Chinese. And they don't tell you that. And the only way, reason we know that it killed that many people is because in China, by law, you have to have a cell phone. Must have a cell phone. They use it to track you. They use it for social programs. They use it for welfare. You can't ride the bus. You think it's bad here. You can't do anything without a cell phone. So we were noticing from space that these crematoriums, these huge clouds of black gas as they were burning all these bodies. But what they did with the cell phones is that there was video that came through, actually, oddly enough, the Epic Times uh, showed all this, where they had big bulldozers Mm -hmm. that were bulldozing giant fields of cell phones, and they were burying the cell phones. But, you know, 22 million cell phone accounts just disappeared, and they all had people connected to them, and those people all died. And once again, the Chinese don't want to admit to that. Well, hey, Sean, sounds like we got some good news there, because if they're... If they messed up and killed their self, then they won't need to come over and take our our farm fields to to service their population. They just. But by the way, and, and I've heard this before about this uh, tar- the targeting of these of these uh, bio weapons against uh, the DNA of say whites or Americans by, by in general. But do we have one that uh, targets Chinese? Sure we do. Actually, we developed it because we were developing the same virus. So isn't it sort of the mutually assured destruction? You send a virus over here for us, we'll send one back over to you. Because they genetically engineered it to do that. But this all comes out of Fort Detrick. And it came out of Fort Detrick because uh, MacArthur was telling us that if we invaded Japan in 1944-45, we'd lose a million people. So there was no success with the atomic bomb, none, uh, until the German scientists came over and, again, showed us how to do it. And, uh, you know, they claimed that they presented a basket of these things the size of pineapples to the Fuhrer. And for whatever reason, he didn't use them. Don't know why. Mm. So, uh, um, so yeah, we developed, I think it was uh, Project, I'm not sure I have the numbers right, but I think it was Project 721, where we were, wanted to develop a, a gene bomb, a genetically specific weapon mm-hmm. uh, that would only kill... Japanese, drop it on them, uh, basically decimate the population with a flu, mm-hmm. and then we could invade. Now, of course, the, the Japanese were begging to surrender, and they were begging for weeks in advance before we dropped these bombs on them. But uh, once we had it, Truman wanted to use it because he wanted to scare the Russians. And of course, then what did you get? You got the Cold War, which was all the benefits of spending the money for a war to keep the military-industrial complex rolling as... Uh, I, I have to call it what it is, which is the military-industrial-entertainment-pharmaceutical complex. <laughs> wow. Okay. And uh, it was what Eisenhower warned us about. He said, beware of the military-industrial complex right. in his final... Who then Kennedy started messing with it. And so they took out Kennedy. And again, it's not who mm-hmm. killed Kennedy, it's who didn't kill Kennedy because he pissed off everybody. He pissed off the mob, pissed off the CIA, pissed off the military-industrial complex was trying to create peace with the Russians. So he had to go. 
So there you go. So that's mm. the whole thing behind why they killed Kennedy. All right, let's get on to this question here. Uh, well, this is from uh, uh, Believe. says uh, says uh, uh, Sean, are you a Christian? Yes, I would. I would describe myself. I know this is going to sound confusing to you, and I'm going to write a book on this. But I describe myself as a as a Christian Buddhist. And the reason I describe myself this way is because in my study of the Great Pyramid of Giza. And there are two pyramids, by the way. There is the pyramid that you see as the symbol of the Illuminati on the back of the dollar bill. Okay. The satanic pyramid. You will notice it has 13 levels to it. Mm -hmm. It has the all-seeing eye of the Illuminati at the top, which is the uh, the logo for most of the five-eye intelligence agencies. It has a ribbon underneath it uh, that has two serpent tongues on either side. That's a satanic pyramid. And by the way, it was given to Thomas Jefferson by Adam Weishaupt, who was the founder of the Illuminati who was a recusant Jew who studied at Jesuit schools and who put together the Illuminati. There it is. Thank you. Uh, you got great guys in the background working on your show, man. I'm, I'm really, I really admire you. Um, somebody's uh, got to do it right. Yeah, they're doing it great. Um, and, uh, that, that's the ultimate goal of all of this. If you want to know the truth is that, can you keep the entire world at peace under one leader? The satanic luciferic version of this is, of course you can, if you make everything a prison, and that power comes from the end of a gun. As opposed to the other side, which I guess you could say was the Christ side, uh, uh, that you have a, a theocratic leader with a messianic figure, the incarnation of Christ, uh, and you have the entire world at peace, but we're all at peace because we're happy and we want to be at peace. So Adam Weishaupt gave that symbol to Thomas Jefferson, who then used it as the... Uh, uh, the symbol for the United States. And a matter of fact, this, the bird of the United States was supposed to be the turkey, the wild turkey. Mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, <laughs> right. yeah, it did. Benjamin Franklin said, because turkeys are fat, stupid, and lazy, <laughs> and they will remind you of what the government is capable of, mm -hmm. and uh, which I think we should have had. But the, the, the Great Pyramid of Giza is a prophecy in stone. It's the most amazing structure anywhere in time and space. And I've been studying this place, you know, since I was 16 years old. And the Great Pyramid describes a 7,000-year um, or seven days of prophecy for mankind, where you have the first, second, third world, where we go down into into the under the influence of the Alphaconians, we go down into the pyramid. They're there. Go down into the pyramid, and then we split because one group that's doomed goes down into the pit. Another group starts the upward ascension, which which correlates, if you understand the time coding, uh, with uh, Moses and the Hyksos, or the Israelites, actually escaping from Egypt or, or leaving Egypt. We're getting kicked out of Egypt is what happened. And uh, at the same time, the Hindu Vedas are being written. You have the Ten Commandments. You have uh, the, uh, the Israelites wandering in the desert under the direct influence of the guy in the flying mountain, the flying pyramid, uh, with Moses. And then there's another bifurcation that stops. And the entire pyramid radiates outward from a Christ angle, which is 3, 5, and 7, which is which is the way, the truth, and the life. And it predicts the birth of Christ on September 27th of 2 BC. And it predicts the exact date of the death or the finishing of the Messiah, which is April 1st of 33 AD. Now, I believe that Buddhism worked and operated. That as you had these, and, and, and by the way, there was the bifurcation where you had Paul, who came along and gave you the religion about Jesus, 
which is also like, you know, there was Paul and Peter and all these other guys who turned into the religion about Jesus, mm-hmm. as opposed to the religion of Jesus, which is entirely different. And that then leads to uh, the Grand Gallery, uh, which is then freedom for mankind. But it also says that everybody has to come back beginning 1900 and has to reincarnate. So it's it's Christianity. I'm, I'm absolutely a firm believer that uh, that Christ's mission was that his last act on the cross was to absorb all of the. It was it's a Tibetan ceremony which is called the Tonglen, in which you absorb all the negativity on the planet into your own body, process it through um, a violet ray or an amethyst fire, and you give off the God force. And that's what Christ did. He he basically paid for the sins. He picked up the you know he paid the check for everybody, and uh, uh, and I had all these arguments in the monastery with uh, you know my my brother Tibetans, saying you know you guys got to go through prayers and all this other stuff you know because it's all about karma and dharma, and I keep saying you know you were set free you know I mean all you have to do is lay these on the blood of Christ, and you're good, and uh, but what it means now. And this is the this is the precipice we're standing on the edge of. Uh, it does talk about the population will take off beginning in the 20th century. Uh, we would have eight billion people on the planet. We're there now, which is the trigger, and that the abyss that we're looking at in 2025, which is going to be the systemic collapse of the United States. It's the end of a 250 year biblical cycle. Uh, it's the end of an economic cycle. It's the great it's the great fourth turning. Uh, it is Pluto which has gone through Capricorn, which means that the destruction of constitutions, banks, uh, society, civilizations, uh, now moves into Aquarius. This is going to be uh, November uh, November 19th of 2024, moves into Aquarius. And when it moves into Aquarius, it's it, now we're going to have to worry about AI and artificial intelligence as to whether or not that's going to take over. And by the way, last night I saw the, uh, uh, the new Mission Impossible movie, Dead Reckoning. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I mean, Tom Cruise, he may be a total freakazoid, you know. <laughs> you yeah. know, the Scientologists, the Scientologists have been making the Mormons look sane since 1953. Hmm. But he knows how to make movies, man. And it was, it was yeah. I mean, I literally like stood up and clapped in some of these sequences. And the villain in this movie is AI. Is basically AI who has an AI agent who is going to take over everything. So, and knows everything and controls, you know, everything. And so these two movies are about, you know, Tom Cruise versus artificial intelligence. And uh, uh, so we're standing on the edge of an abyss where the pyramid predicts an exodus pyramid, uh, period, I'm sorry, from 1999 until the birth of the Messiah or the coming of the Messiah, no matter how you want to look at it, uh, in 2039 A.D. And at that time, right now we're at the beginning of the sixth day where the temple needs to be cleansed, the blood needs to be washed out. Basically, everybody needs to be cleared out of the theater so the next group of people could come. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, Sean, I, I just watched The Sound of Freedom, and uh, Mission Impossible was next to my list. Okay, well, I'm, well, I'm going to see Sound of Freedom on uh, uh, on Sunday. Um, and uh, I, I wrote a script for Jim Caviezel called Black Seraph and so whatever. And I, I also saw the Indiana Jones movie, and it actually wasn't bad. But, uh, well, I, I well, well if you've seen but, it, let me know. It, was it woke? Was it did, what happened? Well, and, you know, you have Indiana is you know Harrison Ford's eighty years old, mm-hmm. and for some reason they just put in his goddaughter, which is Phoebe Waller Bridge. Bridge had mm. a kind of a weird series on British TV called Fleabag, where she just plays this kind of you know slutty, disgusting woman, and now she's kind of the star. 
And it's good for me that Indiana Jones tanked uh, because it means they finally get rid of Kathleen Kennedy or Darth <laughs> Kennedy, as they call her, because mm-hmm. she's the one that destroyed Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now the Saudi Arabians are talking about buying Lucasfilm for $8.6 billion just so they can save Star Wars. And uh, Lucas, when he made the mistake of selling his company to Disney, he came to them and said, look, I got scripts for the last three movies mm-hmm. of how this all plays out. And they were like, no, thanks. And they handed it to J.J. Abrams, who screwed everything up, and then to Kathleen Kennedy. And now we've got – and the next Star Wars movies were going to be Ray and her two female apprentices who were going to restart the – I mean, look, they killed Han Solo. Uh, you know, they it's just – they killed Luke Skywalker for no reason. They got to bring in the lesbians. Let me – but one thing, one thing for sure, though, being Harrison, Harrison Ford being 80 – He's not going around sniffing little girls, so so it's not automatic that when you when you get eighty that you that you sniff little girls, is it? No, Joe Biden is a pedophile, for God's sakes. Matter of fact, there's photos of Hunter with a thirteen year old girl who's naked. Why is he in jail? I mean, all these people you, you have to understand. Pizzagate was absolutely real. All these people in the government. Are chomos as, as they call them, chomos or pedophiles or what have you. And again, you cannot you cannot achieve great power in the United States without being guilty of some great crime. They have to be holding the end of your leash. They have to be, and, mm-hmm. and Trump just stumps these people because there's nothing they can get them on. And so now you're looking at uh, I can't use his name; it'll be kicked off YouTube. Let's say uh, his his name rhymes with Boros. <laughs> uh, who's basically Emperor? He's basically Emperor Palpatine. Well, we're on and, Rumble, so you're pretty safe. Right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, and his his scummy little son uh, Alex. I mean, all these people are are. I mean, they're Bond villains. And where's James Bond when you need him? Of course, they kill him off in the movies too. Uh, probably replace him with a black 007, mm-hmm. black lesbian 007. So um um. So we're the well, end of this well, they, they, the they just re, they, were, they were they were replacing seven dwarfs with seven adult men and a multiracial Snow White, you know. I mean, and then you've got the Barbie movie with uh, the Doctor Barbie as a transsexual. So I mean, it's it's pretty gross out there. Well, again, woke Disney is disgusting. It's completely different from when Walt was there. But, uh, you know, this was uh, – Disney was cake, taken over by a homosexual Jew, Katzenberg, and uh, just turned into a, a terrible, terrible thing in a lot of different ways. Mm. But I still like going to Disneyland, and I go to Disney World, and I still think it's, you know, kind of great. But, okay. uh, you know, people, or, for example, Little Mermaid is cultural appropriation, completely cultural mm-hmm. appropriation. Why aren't people mad about that? Mm-hmm. that? They make a black Little Mermaid for a story written by a Scandinavian – in a Scandinavian town, Copenhagen, about a Scandinavian myth, which is, you know, and suddenly they put a black girl in it. Screw you. Come up with your own mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, they they wouldn't make a movie of a white woman playing Rosa Parks. I mean, it's kind of a one way one way deal. Yeah, why not? Let's yeah, let's do that. White woman on the bus, you know. I, I'm not giving up my seat. Whatever. I, mean, I mean, fair I, is fair. I, I just say fair is fair, but it's really not. But let me get to another question that just come in. Uh, thank you. This is great. I never get to answer questions oh, from the audience. Thank you so much for this. Okay. All right. Well, here it is from Grumpy Old Army Vest. Says uh, Sean, was the Sp- Spanish flu a man-made virus? Uh. Yeah, I think it was uh, It was also one of those things that was used. It came from a guy, I think it was an American who got infected in Ireland, 
And uh, I'm pretty sure... I mean, I can't say. I have no real evidence of it, but there there are people talking about how it was a biological weapon of some kind mm -hmm. uh, that basically just kind of got loose. But uh, All right. All right. Let's uh, speed to a couple more questions for you. Uh, quick if you look at the four right. horsemen of the apocalypse, all right. they perfectly describe the 20th century. The first horseman is uh, the, white horse, the white horse with the bow and arrow that represents Sagittarius and the, the coming of the Christ consciousness and the enlightenment of humanity with, with, with Tesla and Edison and all the great geniuses and all the amazing technological advances. Uh, this is so great. You guys are really on the ball. Uh, I love your backgrounds. Um, so the first horseman is the white horseman, which is the infusion of the Christos or the Christ force or the Christ energy. The second horseman is the black horse. And the black horse, he's riding and he has a set of scales on it. And that's the establishment of the Babylonian banking system and the Federal Reserve and the takeover of the United States by the Fed and the bankers hmm. and, their, and these crime families who then divided the United States into, into basically 12 crime empires, uh, instituted the income tax, instituted the, uh, uh, you know, all that. Uh, once they established the Federal Reserve, it meant they could inflate and hyperinflate the currency. And they could finance all their wars without having to actually raise the taxes, uh, which then became the red horse of war, as you can see on your on your thing. And then the, the, the final horseman is the pale or livid horse of disease, which is the Spanish flu. And if you look at World War One, it killed, you know, millions and millions and millions of people. And then they stopped that war. Everybody just gave up. The only reason they still, they signed the uh, the Versailles agreements, uh, which were designed to create Adolf Hitler. Uh, between the Warburg brothers, Max and Paul Warburg, who one was on the side for the Nazis, the other one's on the side for the Allies, uh, which basically set it up in such a way so Germany had to pay re reparations for a war they didn't lose. Uh, but then you had the Spanish flu come in and kill. I still have yet to get a number. They supposedly say it killed 100 million people worldwide. Mm -hmm. But there's your four horsemen of the apocalypse right there. And again, as I'm saying, we're on the precipice of complete and total depopula uh, de global depopulation. Mm -hmm. as predicted by the Great Pyramid of Giza, with the return of the Messiah in 2030, 2039, October 31st, by the way. And the reason for that is, the reason we celebrate Halloween is because it represents the return of the spirits of the dead. And so hen henceforth, all the people who are then forced to leave the planet or clear the theater, so to speak, are now going to be allowed to reincarnate as Earth becomes a spiritual and sacred world, as they unleash, unleash technology, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. You'll also notice that the Book of Revelation happens in sections, because first you have the wars of man versus man, then it's man versus Satan, and then you have an extraterrestrial invasion, which is man versus you know whoever's out there coming here. All right, listen, I'm going to play a, a quick uh, video clip, and in, in this clip, uh, Kamala Harris says a quiet, the quiet part out loud, and uh, you tell me what it is when you when you when we see it. Here it is. Okay. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Well, what, did when we invest what, what did you hear there, uh, uh, Sean? I just want to show you this. I, you know, I'm gonna, I should get you one of these cups. You guys see this cup? Yeah, we ever can see that. Okay. See what it says on it? Uh, Thanos was right. Yeah, exactly, and it's got the glove in the center. Did you see the Avengers movies, uh, Infinity War and Endgame? Uh, no. You no, know, I am inevitable, and Thanos snaps his fingers and, and disappears half the population of the universe. 
That's what the Democrats want. I mean, they mm -hmm. want half of us to die. And, you know, her whole thing about, uh, you know, cleaner, you know, she, she's basically championing in her ridiculous stupidity uh, global depopulation. And, uh, again, I believe that people are good and that, uh, and unfortunately, it is, it is overpopulation and pollution that forces us to move on to new frontiers, you know, like Mars or the moon or, you know, wherever else. And, uh, uh, which I also address actually in my Santa's time books in, uh, this book, uh, the isomer protocol, which I'm not sure you have or not the, the screen for that. No. Isomer protocol is the book where, uh, we've been isolated on this planet. And, uh, because the extraterrestrials or the council or whatever you want to call them, uh, consider us a virus, a disease mm. that we were not to spread out into the universe. And, we kick their ass and we developed a technology called the time runner uh which allows us to travel instantaneously anywhere in the universe mm -hmm. anywhere yeah there's, what, there's a there was a movie that said that humans are a virus yeah well indeed uh, that was the matrix mm -hmm. sure. and, uh, and you'll notice that in the matrix everybody misses this point i used to teach the matrix in a class and the person who creates the matrix is the oracle and the oracle creates it because she gives everybody the illusion of free will, which is what the elections are. Everybody talks about how they're going to cancel the elections. They will never cancel the elections because they need that matrix to make people believe that they picked it. So therefore, you know, it's the tyranny of the 51% over the 49% that they pick and or choose their government. So they just have to live with it. Hmm. And by the way, nothing's been fixed. I mean, I, and I don't know if Trump thinks he's going to win. They didn't fix the voting machines. They didn't fix the rigging. Even now got uh, uh, Zuckerberg teaming up with uh, with with Alex Soros uh, to you know finalize the fix on the elections. And until you have one man, one vote, paper ballots, paper people counting paper ballots, uh, you know the voting machines are all rigged to the internet. They're all rigged to the Vatican. And somebody pulled a switch in the Vatican, which basically you know rigged the elections against Trump. And the the vote for Trump was so overwhelming that they couldn't cover it up with the voting machines. So at 1.32 a.m., right. everything stopped, and that's when the Vatican got on the phone, called its AFL-CIO mafia crime people, and giant trucks started rolling in right. with bags of votes with one vote for Joe Biden on them. Mm -hmm. And the trick is, in any sport or politics, is to beat the other guy by one. And that's what they did. They haven't fixed any of it. Mm -hmm. Not any of it. And by the way, Trump, Trump was yelling and screaming in a moment about this. He was betrayed by all of his own people. Mm -hmm. uh, Sidney Powell and Ellen Wood were showing up at the White House door every day and getting kicked in the teeth and being told to kick rocks by uh, Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, with all the proof. They filed 60 lawsuits. This is interesting. Here's the chain of events. 60 lawsuits are filed to fight the election fraud. And not one of those lawsuits, not one, was there, was there a demand for discovery. That's stupid. That means if I accuse you of something and I walk into a court and the court says, prove it, you go, any evidence. And that's why they threw out all 60 of those suits because there was no discovery. And that's why they then, why Dominion turned around and sued Fox, which is owned by BlackRock, by the way. The Dominion voting machines are owned by BlackRock. Fox is owned by BlackRock. They sued BlackRock for $760 million. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Fox took it out of one pocket, BlackRock, took it out of one pocket, gave it to another pocket, 
and got rid of their biggest enemy, which was Tucker Carlson. Mm. That's how that came down. All right. Uh, last question. Let's take this one here. It says, uh, what's your thoughts on... I'm having so much fun. We're out of time already? Well, I mean, you, we were scheduled to go till 10. You want to go later? I can go as long as you want, man. I'm having so much fun. Thank you so much. Okay, well, let's go to this question here. It says, uh, what's your thoughts on Thoth the, and the Emerald Tablets? They were uh, they were in the hands of Hermes Trismegistus, who supposedly ruled uh, Egypt as uh, as Pharaoh for a thousand years. Uh, most people believe that Hermes Trismegistus was Enoch or Henoch in the Old Testament. Uh, that it was in fact, and Enoch was the great grandfather of Noah, son of Seth, I think, the grandson of Adam, and uh, Enoch was known as the pyramid builder. But remember, it was Enoch. If you look at the book of Enoch, and by the way, the, the Christian Bible has 66 books. Mm -hmm. The Catholic Bible has 77 books. And the Ethiopian Bible has 88 books. And so in the Ethiopian Bible, you actually have the book of Enoch, which describes the sons of God coming down from the sky. It's all described in Genesis 6, where it says, and the sons of God came down from the sky, mm -hmm. saw the daughters of men that they were fair, took them wife, had sex with them. And their children... Uh, became the son became uh, the kings and queens and mighty men of old. Mm -hmm. So what you're being told is that hybrid aliens in that verse became the the bureaucracies and the governments, the aristocracy, and then became the generals, the military, the joint chiefs, what have you. The next part of it says, uh, and there were giants in the land in those days. Of which they described them later on as uh, as uh, Goliath. Goliath had four brothers. Uh, they were the giants of Anak, is what it was. Matter of fact, I think Joshua and his buddy uh, were responsible for. Uh, turn this damn thing off. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, Joshua, Joshua and his buddy were responsible for going to. Uh, sorry about that. Going to one of those towns of giants. Giants in the land in those days, and if you get the good translation, it also says, and the giants made slaves of men. Now, if you look at the rest of the book of Enoch, there's 250 sons of God uh, that all come down to earth on uh, Mount Hebron. And they uh, uh, they build pyramids all across the world, including the Great Pyramid of Giza. And uh, But they interbreed with human beings. Yahweh comes back, says, what did you guys do? I told you guys not to not to screw with the earth girls. And they did. <laughs> and, uh, and they created a race of giants that apparently, according to Enoch, were 350 feet tall is what it says. And uh, if you look at uh, 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 Virgil or Homer in the Iliad, uh, they talk about the, the Argonauts, you know, uh, you know, coming across uh, giants all over the place. And uh, but basically the flood was sent to wipe out these sons of God, uh, these, you know, these giants because they were oppressing mankind. And uh, you know, so there you go. And the book, the rest of the book of Enoch is uh, Enoch goes on for six chapters, you know, chapter and verse called Enoch's Lament, where he screams at Yahweh because Yahweh goes, fine, you guys want to stay here so bad? You're all here. Stay. You don't get to go home. Not only do I get to go home, I'm going to put up a fence around Earth so that nobody can get in and nobody can get out. And Enoch goes crazy saying they are going to be dark lords. They will oppress mankind until the end, uh, which they do. And supposedly then start the downward path of humanity. And the downward path begins when whomever genetically engineers us. So there's a split in our brains. 
creating a bicameral fissure in the brain where one side, this side, this side is dominant masculine aggressive geometric 2 plus 2 equals 4, the masculine side. And this side is the quantum side, which views time and space as all happening at once. But it's where we get our need for, you know, for music, for dance, for beauty, for art. For we, well, yeah, you, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Gene Roddenberry. Well, there was a Star Trek episode where Captain Kirk had split in the transporter and he had his masculine side and his feminine side. And, and as you well know, and in that episode, he, he needed both of them to live. They used to teach that episode in psychology class at USC. Mm-hmm. All right, let me that episode. Okay, and here's a question, another question. Uh, can you talk more about what you are seeing that's going to happen in August? Um, well, you know, we're getting ready. You know, we're, you know, we're getting ready for a shooting war now. Uh, it's been Putin that has pulled everything back. He knows that we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Uh, he knows the United States did it. He, you know, basically an act of war. He did nothing. Uh, he hasn't invaded the rest of Ukraine because all he wanted was he wanted the Donbass and areas that were traditionally Russian who were being slaughtered and murdered and, and you know, uh, genocided by Zelensky. Zelensky and these guys, they're Nazis, and we put them in there. They're freaking Nazis. And, uh, and I'm, I'm talking about, you know, Indiana Jones, you know, Adolf Hitler, you know, Third Reich Nazis. And that's who owns Ukraine now, because we took out the legitimate government of Politskaya. This is Victoria Newland who did this, by the way. Set up forty biological weapons labs. Set up, you know, all the all the criminal banking that the Bidens have been doing, uh, and Kerry, and everybody, every other Democrat, and Nancy Pelosi. All their kids have major major plays in, in Ukraine. And uh, Vladimir Putin's put a stop all that, including the massive white slavery, mm-hmm. and. And um, yeah, there's there's this massive push push for Amer- there to for people to hate. They really want us to hate Putin, and I'm having trouble with that. All I know is we're giving billions of dollars to some gay guy that became president of Ukraine. And dance videos I've seen him in wearing high heel shoes. Now he's leading the country, and we're just funding billions. There's no end to it. I did see Tucker Carlson interview Mike Pence and some other presidential candidates. Of course, Mike Pence says that you know we need. You know, he's not interested in fixing our cities. He's interested in, in defending Ukraine. And I don't see where that, there's any strategic importance for Ukraine to the United States. No. And you know, people forget that it belonged to the Soviet Union for 80 plus years. And that the part that, uh, what, uh, for example, they talk about Putin creating, you know, claiming Crimea. Well, Crimea had a vote. And 96% of the people voted to become part of the Russian Federation. As a matter of fact, in the contested area in the Donbass, they had another vote. And 96% of them wanted the protection of the Russians. And if you look at every single action that Putin has taken, he made a joke that that since Gandhi has died, I'm, I've been very lonely. Because every single time he had, the, he had the chance to take belligerent action, he has not. And so he stopped the United States' actions in Syria because he called out John Kerry when he was talking about how uh, uh, the leader of Syria... Um, that his name slips me. Um, uh, he was, I'm sorry. Uh, stop it. Uh, it's uh, uh, that how the leader of Syria was using, you know, was using gas weapons. Yeah. And uh, the Russians said, "Prove it." And we we actually proved that it was in, you know, it, that it was in fact, uh, you know, the not the leader of Syria, but it was in fact the rebels because one of the weapons, like a exploding cigar, blew up on him. 
and they got caught, you know, by their own petard. So there's the war. There's Hillary's war in Syria stopped. Uh, the United States and Israel invaded a section of Georgia uh, during the Olympics in 2008. You know, and Putin just took back Georgia. He could have taken back that entire area. He moved all his nuclear weapons, short-range nuclear weapons, weapons out of Eastern Europe, only with the guarantee. That we would be frozen in place, and yet every single time we did that, we rushed into the gap with short-range nuclear weapons. And, you know, Putin said, every time I try to make peace, uh, George Bush rushes in like a crazy man with a razor, slashing everybody. So if you've looked at all of Putin's actions, he's done nothing provocative. Uh, he has threatened Europe, saying, you know, the war in Europe would take seconds because I could explode uh, a tsunami bomb. And create a tidal wave that would take out most of England and France and whatever. Which, by the way, was the exact same weapon that was used on uh, on Fukushima, on Japan. Mm -hmm. Same type of weapon. And because uh, that earthquake was uh, artificial. But there's reasons why they're triggering these earthquakes that, that we can't get into here. Mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, yeah. It's interesting because my okay. birthday is October first. Okay. And, uh, okay. So now, so we we over here at the Edge Broadcast have advanced technology. Uh, I'm going to show you this picture, which you probably are well aware of, and it's okay. called the uh, the Tic Tac video or, uh, or or picture. Okay. Well, yeah. we we have advanced technology, Sean. We actually was able to zoom in on this craft, and you'll see it side by side what it really is. What? Okay. There so, yeah. So, we were able to zoom in, and that's what we saw. Oh, is that real? Oh, okay, I get it. It's the Enterprise. <laughs> again, again, let me tell you that, that again, the UAPs yeah. and Louis Alessandro and whatever else, they have $22 million, which is the right hand trying to figure out what the left hand is doing. They're just trying to figure out what the guys at Area 51 and underneath Dulce and whatever else, this is what, this, what my Sands of Time books are all about. That you want to know why $8 trillion disappeared out of the economy in 2008? Because we're fighting a war with the Sumerians and fighting a war with the Draco. Hmm. But one special, please, I, I haven't mentioned it yet because I'm so much fun, uh, strangeuniverseradio.com. Okay. And I want to give the money to Dr. Evil, uh, Bezos, you know, who's bald, who makes you, you know, who takes away your mojo by feeding you soy at Whole Foods, and even has a spaceship that looks like a penis, uh, like Dr. Evil. But, uh, yeah, these books are, you know, Sandstein, book one, it's on sale to join the adventure. Uh, book three is the Isomer Protocol, how we broke loose of, you know, the ETs, mm -hmm. saying we stay here. Then we developed the Time Runner, uh, which is our ability to teleport things basically instantaneously through time and space. Mm -hmm. uh, Antebellum, which is this one, is our preparation for that war. Uh, I took a break, and I published this diary just because I could, and I was sort of in between books. And now the last one, the, you know, the sort of the beginning of the end is the book that you see behind me, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, so. You, so the one's called Annabellum. Sounds like you're a, a John Wick's fan. Uh, ew, I, I had the name for the book before John Wick did it, and of course that's what they called the period of time before the Civil War was Annabellum. So and, that, you and can this is this is one thick book. And that's part one. That's part one. Part two is will be back in stock. Every time I put these books up, they sell out. So we get orders from Australia, New Zealand, Japan. Uh, I'm this close to uh, the book one's going to be translated into both French and German. Uh, you can get it on Kindle. You can get it on. You get the audio books. All the books are on audio. Mm -hmm. uh, go on my website, strangeuniverseradio.com. Uh, you can download my award-winning comedy, uh, Joe Killianer. It's really a, a great, funny, uh, uh, award-winning. Uh, yep. 
uh, kind of funny horror movie. That's a reality show where all the girls get killed in funny ways. And, uh, um, and there we go. And I really appreciate, you know, your help because I've been, you know, struck down with throat cancer. I couldn't speak for months with a tube in my throat. So I just sat and wrote. I focused and focused and focused and just wrote like crazy. And I've written six books this year. Um, books eight and nine are done. The Draco War is done, part one and two. Mm-hmm. And I'm just in the process of, uh, you know, having them uh, uploaded, laid out, getting covers for them. By the way, what's your cat's name? Oh, um, the, well, the cat that walked by, that's our kit. She's a kitten of all things. She's, uh, her name is Sophia. And it's funny because my wife actually is the manager of SoFi Stadium here in Los Angeles, the eighth wonder of the world, the $6 billion stadium. Mm-hmm. And so we called her Sophie or SoFi. So mm-hmm. she's named after the stadium, really. Well, get that, cat, then, get, get that cat back up here. Is, is he walking around? Shalou over here. Let me show you the our championship Norwegian forest cat. Bring Shalou. He's going to be very angry. We're, I do this. we're cat lovers over here. Okay, there you go. This is Shalou. He's a championship tandem to me. Come on. <laughs> throw, throw him at it. Ow. Oh, Ow. Wow. Look at it. It's an attack animal. Look at that. Getting attacked on the show. Yeah, I know. He this, hates This it. is internet gold, by the way. Hey, Sophie. This, this is internet gold, Sean. Hand me a cat, can't you? Hand the yeah, man a cat. Pick her up. Hand the man a cat. Now, here, I'll call it for you. Meow. Okay, I, I also learned that my wife, who sucks at charades because I couldn't speak. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's a cat. Oh, man, look at this thing. This is Sophie. She's a kitten. She's only a year old. She's okay. a Norwegian horse cat kitten. Wow. And I found it. Yeah, I, yeah, she's a year. This is this is how big they are. This one's <laughs> their t- attack animal, man. Okay, is go it? over there. Go, go see Mama. Here, here we go. <laughs> I found out that dogs, dogs and cats. Is that your com- like, is that your comfort animal? <laughs> yeah, it is actually. Dogs and cats are the same as men and women. With with a dog, uh, if you point at something, the dog will look at what you're pointing at. Yeah. Possibly go get what you're pointing at. With a woman and a cat, if you point at something, yeah, just stare at your finger. Well, and, it's, you know, like, it's like two cats, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, stare at your finger, and then they, you know, and then they it's rub like your finger. Fight. It's like a cat fight. So is expect- it? Is, is, so is this the first show your cats made an appearance? No, oh, she walks across. You know, you know, it's how cats always want to be in the middle of whatever you're doing. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, know, it's, it's it's internet gold to me, so I love it. <laughs> if, you're reading, if you're reading the paper, they'll just lay in front of the paper. You know, if you're talking yeah. to people, they'll just insert themselves. Okay. So it's uh, yeah, it's just uh, it is how they are. Okay. So yeah, Sophie's the happy, friendly one who loves everybody. Uh, Shalou's a grumpy old man uh, who hates everybody. So you know, that's that's, that's the challenge. Okay. Well, hey, hey, Sean, we're, we're at the end, end of the broadcast. Anything you want to t- t- tell us again about your website and how to get these books? Uh, the website is strangeuniverseradio.com. Uh, we're in negotiations now, actually, with SiriusXM to start an entire uh, SiriusRadio.com channel, which maybe you might want to be part of because yeah. I'm trying to get the best, uh, the best, uh, the best web webcast podcast guys out there to you know, do this channel. It means you got to work for a living, like you know, an hour every day. No. And, uh, 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 or you go on Amazon.com. We have a big sale on Amazon. We're doing an Amazon campaign mm-hmm. uh, where you can get the first book that you held up. Thank you. Uh, which is uh, uh, Sands of Time, uh, book one, which is where the journey begins. And uh, I think I've got it here. Yeah, here we go. I got the backdrop of that. So there's, uh, come on. There's book one, if it comes up. That's book one, Sands of Time. Uh, it's been optioned a couple of times as a, as a TV series. This is book two, 
Now, interesting, I wanted to mention this because that there, that's the unified field theory. That is the last thing that Einstein wrote uh, before he saw the face of God and fell over dead in his office at Princeton University. That theory is what allows us to travel through time and space, what allows us to communicate instantaneously anywhere in the universe. They've actually, the military has developed what they call gravophones, uh, where it's like a Dick Tracy watch, but you can talk to anybody anywhere in the universe in real time. So you can talk to Pluto if you wanted to with the, you know, in real time uh, with these phones. It's one of the things I wanted to get Elon Musk. Uh, book, uh, book three, of course. These are out of stock, but we'll have them Wednesday. So you can order them and you'll have them Wednesday. This is the Isomer Protocol, which you can see on the cover. <coughs> That's a Viper. Uh, it's a fighter plane, actually. Some people call them uh, the TR. You've probably heard of the TR-3B. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, TR, by the way, SR-71, which was going maybe Mach 5 back in 63-64. Now we've got a commercial airliner uh, that travels at Mach 5 that they're going to that they're gonna put in uh, put in use by 2025-2026. And it's hydrogen-powered, oddly enough. Uh, but, uh, yeah, TR stands for, stands for uh, Terrestrial Reconnaissance, whereas SR stands for Surveillance and Reconnaissance. So we retired the SR program and replaced it with a TR program. Uh, we have gigantic triangular platforms that uh, just hang out in space and watch the Earth. Uh, uh, book three or act one is uh, is Time Runner, in which we talk about the invention of the Time Runner, which we which we developed with the help of the Germans and the Vrildamen. And then the next book in the series is, of course, uh, Antebellum, uh, which is the preparation for war. And then we've got, and then I've just, because I had a space in between books, we did Drill Diamond Diaries, which, again, women love this book. But it's standalone. Book one and book six, actually, or, you know, Drill uh, Diamond, uh, you can read on its own. And then, uh, of course, I don't have the cover yet for, um, and then the very last book so far is book seven, which is the Sumerian War, which is where, you know, it's the beginning of the end, really. I don't have covers yet for the Draco War, but that's that's what's next. Because once we wipe out the Sumerians, or the Illigium, as they're called, uh, that then leaves a, a huge space in the great houses of the universe and leaves us wide open to attack by the Alphardagonians, which is what happens. And uh, unfortunately, they team up with the Draco inside the Earth, the Saurians in the Earth. Which now says that we're kind of at war with, you know, with with who controls our government currently. And I didn't think any of this was real. I thought, uh, you know, I thought David Icke was sort of off his rocker. Mm-hmm. And then I learned that the, you know, that the Saurians can actually, you know, use camouflage, become virtually invisible, that they can take on the form of human beings, that they have mental and and uh, telepathic and telekinetic powers, because again, they've had a brain. That's been working longer than ours and better than ours, about 65 million years longer than we've had it. Um, also, these ETs come along, the Illigium and the Aldebaranians, they come along and they, they, they kidnapped a big gang of monkeys and genetically engineered wow. us and then set us back loose on the planet. And every 23,000 years, they come around. And uh, um, that's why we all have RH, RH positive genes where every single one of us has like monkey genes. Yikes. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, was wondering, I was wanting a banana the other day. I wonder why that was. Large positive people. Everybody's got that. You have certain women. It's only women uh, that are large negative, which is impossible because of the evolutionary cycle. But it's a reason why there's no missing link. Uh, that's why there's no link between Neanderthal and Cro-Magnon and Australopithecus and whatever else. Because we get taken off the planet, they 
they take the best and the brightest of the monkeys, I guess, the one that figured out how to eat the banana and use a stick. <laughs> right. And wipe out everything else. Yeah, and then wipe out everything else. And, uh, you know, great the whole Planet of the Apes kind of thing. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, Well, that reminds me of uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. You know, the one monkeys, they, they figured out how to use a club to club the other monkeys. Yeah, that's and that, and once again, if if you'll notice what uh, what Arthur C. Clarke was doing in those books, is that you know evolution is all about an idea, and by the way, the hundredth monkey theory does not work. It's not you know, one monkey does it, then a hundred monkeys do it, then all the monkeys do it. That does not work. The one monkey that comes up with a good idea gets beaten to death by the other monkeys. What happens is is that the planet itself is evolving. This is the whole Mayan theory of the Mayan calendar. The planet itself is evolving. And so we all come up with the same idea all at the same time. And so now, from 2012, when we should have experienced all this mass destruction and did not, to December 21st of 2025, we're in a 13-year period that the Mayan called the, the Night of the Jaguar. And what it means is that for the first time in 26,000 years, the blocks on our brain, because we had a cover over the right side and there was a cover over the left side, so the left side cover has been taken apart, which means now we are taking, yeah, there's Daniel's brain there. We're taking all of that and the quantum time aspect of art and music. And I think it's another reason why you have so much confusion about sexuality. The feminine part of the brain is finally merging with the masculine part of the brain, which is why we devolved in the first place. And, uh, and when Pluto moves into Aquarius, you're going to see all this for real. And by the way, we're we could be on the edge of a of a, of a new age because because Trump is a Gemini. Predictions I made for him, I predicted he'd be president. I predicted he'd betrayed he would be betrayed by all the people around him, which he was. But because he's a Gemini, his astrological chart will actually trine Pluto and Aquarius, and he could actually lead us into a new age. But what they're going to try to do, they'll use all the uh, 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 the Emperor Palpatine uh, district attorneys to uh, because all democrats are attorneys to uh, wage this lawfare against them to see what they can do about it uh zuckerberg and alex are in the process of rigging the elections because they didn't fix anything and by the way that all came out of the vatican the reason the vatican didn't want trump in there is because trump actually ended the united states corporation which you go on down to bradstreet you used to be able to check it but it was owned by uh uh it was owned by Derek r mcleod who is the Archbishop of the Washington, D.C. Archdiocese on uh, Michigan and 4th Street. But they own the United States, the Corporation of the United States, and Trump put an end to that. So I'm not sure who owns it now. Mm. Uh, he's not president like these white hat guys are saying. I had a, a show I did earlier today where I was trying to tell people that the whole you know, white hat QAnon thing uh, is is a psyop, is a, is a way to keep people from doing things, to keep people from taking action, like fixing the voting structure. But we're not going to be able to vote our way out of it. Society as we know it is collapsing. There's nothing we can do to stop it. Uh, once again, Albert Palpatine, is he's funding uh, DeSantos so that DeSantos gets the nomination. Trump runs as a third party and uh, or tries to run as a third party. They split the Republican vote, and then they can put in anything, they, anybody they want. And Emperor Palpatine is now is backing not only DeSantos with his money, hmm. uh, but Michelle Obama. And hmm. my prediction is going to be the Democratic convention, just like it was in 68, it's going to be held in Chicago, and they are going to burn Chicago to the ground. Uh, Joe Biden's not going to finish his presidency one way or another. I predicted that when he came in in, in you know 2020. Mm. Uh, so one way or another, he either dies or has died. Or they, you, know, you say they're going to put Big Mike in there? It's possible. I mean, they're trying to. He's trying to do. That's one again, ugly dude, too. I tell you. 
trying is trying to do that. And uh, Joan Rivers told us the truth. She said, mm-hmm. you know, that, that Obama's gay and that Michelle's a tranny, and to get over it, and she was mysteriously dead three weeks right. later. So, uh, uh, so there you go. So many conspiracies and all that. And uh, strangeuniverseradio.com, please. There's there's sense time one, sense time two, iceberg protocol. Uh, uh, three, uh, four is Time Runner Act One, Time Runner Act Two, Real Diamond Diaries, which you'll love. Uh, you can buy that as a standalone book. They're all on sale. And uh, you know, to say thank you and uh, thank you. I've had so much fun on this show. Thank you so much for for uh for uh, uh placating and and uh, serving your listeners because I I never get to answer questions from people and that's that's what I love, that's what love we the do, most. That's do why that. I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you. They're, it's, they're, it's they're a, like a third part of the show, the guest, the host, and the people that watch the show. Well, uh, Sean <laughs> David Morton, I appreciate you coming on the Edge broadcast. Hey, if you get your channel up, man, give me a holler. Okay. Well, you know, my challenge has been is that I can only talk for short periods of time because I was stricken with the throat cancer, which seems to be which seems to be over. Actually, they, they told me that I would have to, for a year and 16 months, I'd have to deal with the effects of the radiation and the chemo. And the uh, the forced tracheotomy they did on me, which is what really damaged my esophagus. Mm. Uh, but I can't I can't talk. I'm and I'm juiced up on uh, uh, throat coat tea and Chinese loquat uh, cough medicine uh, to be able to spend these this gum that because mm. they killed all the salivary glands yeah, you, and the taste buds. You, did, you did a great job, and I appreciate you so much. So do you. This, this show is great. Your people are on top of it. Uh, your backgrounds are wonderful. You have an amazing audience. Uh, I've always been a big fan of yours, and I, I can't. Thank you enough for being on. I hope I can come on again. Okay, sure. And yeah, we'll uh, the very last, very last thing I want to say is that if you look at all great civilizations, uh, you know, to the to Hermes Trismegistus and the Emerald Tablet, which he was buried with, uh, the motto on it was "As above, so below; as within, mm-hmm. so without." Uh, the Greeks were uh, "Know thyself." Uh, the Romans was "To thine own self be true." Uh, the motto of the great American civilization will probably be, you know, "More is better." If I just had more or something, it'd be better. But the Maya had a really interesting code, and their their code was uh, all is one, life has purpose, God is love. That means everything in the universe is is connected. Uh, that life has purpose, which means if you woke up this morning, you've got a purpose to do something, to continue and go on. And that God is love. That's the first prima mobile of the universe, that everything is generated by love, everybody's here by love. Uh, the Tibetans believe we, we, we have an average of 80,000 lifetimes. And that in each lifetime, everybody you've ever known or bumped into on the street has been your mother at some time and loved you unconditionally. And that should uh, bring us together, and I hope that philosophy in the end will save us. Okay. All right. Well, Sean, I I thank you, and we'll have you back on again sometime. Thank you very much. I can't thank you enough, Daniel, for for being so amazing. I love the hat. And uh, yeehaw. Thank you very much. You bet. Bye-bye.